It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking District 1 and 2 activities week in, week out here in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by our North North oh boy, our North Idaho expert, Ryan Skaggs. I, I've already botched the intro. This is going to be a long podcast today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. But uh, So do you like sit in your living room now with that headset on and just do play-by-play of your wife walking through the house and stuff like that? <laughs> I would be uh, I would be murdered if that happened. She would not she would not be able to handle that. She comes into the kitchen and uh, yeah, (laughs) that'd be an easy way to get thrown out. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be hit the showers. Um, Yeah, no. So I am actually I'm I'm a lot closer to North Idaho than I usually am when I podcast. I'm actually uh, in Montana for the week, uh, family and friends and that kind of stuff. And nothing on my laptop is working. Not the camera. The mic's not working great. So I set up all the broadcast gear. I have one of our broadcast cameras pointed at me. I've got the headset on. I feel very Walter Cronkite-ish here. Oh, it's super, super. You almost look like you're doing a radio show. So Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) This is the Dave Ramsey show. (laughs) I'll keep my comments to myself. Watch. We're going to get sued by Dave Ramsey now. Can't, Can't wait. Can't wait for that lawsuit. He seems like the type of person that would sue. Sorry, I, just I know. That, yeah, I know. Every last, every last penny, right? He's gonna get. So, uh, right. anyways, here we are talking about our spring sports extravaganza. All the spring sports championships happened last week, and so here we are to break it down. Uh, we're just playing the hits today. All right, we we don't have time to get into every single thing that happened at every single event. So we're, we're playing the hits. We're gonna highlight the champions. Uh, individual and team talk about a few noteworthy stories. And if you're looking for more comprehensive coverage of what happened, you can always go to idahosports.com. We've got a state track and field recap there. Uh, We've got all the baseball and softball brackets, everything that went final there um, as well. And so idahosports.com is going to be your best bet here as we, as we just play the hits today where we're going radio DJ skags. And I'll do my best Casey Kasem. So, <laughs> and he says, <laughs> yeah. we've got a letter from Ryan at Coeur d'Alene and he writes, dear Casey, that'll be our hate. We'll have to do a hate mail episode of just that. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll read mean tweets. Mr. About from Bonner's Ferry. And he writes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. Actually, that would be a fun <laughs> That would be a fun podcast to do for sure. Um, all right. Well, we are going to start in softball where, you know, overall for the North Ryan, it wasn't a huge weekend in terms of championships. And that's just the way it goes sometimes, right? Sometimes yeah. the North really cleans up. Sometimes it's harder. And this just is one of those years where the number is a little lower, but we still had a lot of good performances. So in softball, we did have some traction where, at the 1A state softball tournament, just like at the 1A state baseball tournament, we're going to talk about it. The North continues to dominate the South. The North sweeps the top four spots at the 1A state softball tournament, although not in the order I think anybody thought it would finish, where no. you had Genesee coming in as the number six seed overall, getting all the way to the championship and winning uh, in, in pretty dominant fashion. Yeah, that team that really, I mean pulled some surprises in the district tournament to even get into state. And then obviously to be seated sixth and then to make that magical Cinderella run and, 
end up winning the title, including a victory over Potlatch in route to the title. I mean, that's just hats off to the Bulldogs. That was impressive and, and a great job by them. And, um, you know, the rest of the, the White Pine League, I mean, looked really well, looked really good. I mean, Kendrick beating Clearwater Valley 11 to four, um, you know, finishing third for the Tigers and sorry, finishing runner up. I apologize. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's sorry. No, I had that backwards, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, Kendrick yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 so, no, 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 no. You're good. Let me let me reset here. So the final four is Clearwater Valley, Potlatch, Kendrick, Genesee. Genesee is playing Potlatch in that undefeated semifinal Saturday morning. They win that game 18 to 12. Meanwhile, Kendrick is beating Clearwater Valley in the fourth place game 11 to 4. And so Potlatch, after losing that game to Genesee, never really recovered. They end up playing Kendrick uh, for third place, and Kendrick wins 17 to 2. I'll admit, I was stunned. When I yeah. checked it, when I checked in on this game on Friday and I was like, oh, the score, the score has got to be backwards or something like, cause yeah, not, not the fact that Kendrick was winning, but, but the, the run total 17 to two yeah. potlatch just ran out of gas. So potlatch takes third. And then in the championship game, uh, Genesee wins 10 to five over Kendrick. They only needed to win once. Um, and it's their first softball championship since 2016. Congrats. Yeah. No, it's an awesome job. And I think what had been a fairly rough year for sports at Genesee ends with a bright note, um, you know, and a, a state championship for the Bulldogs there is a great job. So, and, and I, I, I want to say the Kendrick Tigers making it to the title game as well. You know, that 70, 17 to two win. Um, yeah. Like you said, I thought it was a, like a typo. I thought it may have been like seven to two, maybe, but 17 to two. I'm like, Holy cow. You talk about run production that comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, just a great job by the Bulldogs to complete that magical run in the state championship. It's a great job. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good. Uh, and then so pitching for Genesee was Kendra Meyer. She pitched back to back complete games on Saturday against Potlatch, and then Kendrick in the championship. Um, Lewiston Tribune had a good write up about this. They talked to Brian Malcolm, the head coach of Genesee, and, and he said he thought that Kendra Meyer may have set a new state tournament record for innings pitched in a single tournament, which is uh pretty impressive in softball. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, incredible. And, you know, you can get away with it in softball just based on the arm mechanics and stuff like that. So it, it does help a little bit, but it still doesn't mean that her arm, you know, by the time they're hitting the, the late innings in that, that nightcap of the championship game, um, that arm's not ready to fall off at that point. I mean, you're just pitching on pure adrenaline at that point. Yeah, and th- and that was really the lone highlight from softball. All the other teams from the north that we thought could go down and make some noise: Coeur d'Alene at the five A, uh, Timberlake at the three A, St. Mary's at the two A. Uh, they all almost went two and out. You know, Timberlake was yeah. the one team they went one and two and then fell out of it. Um, that's just the way it goes at state. Sometimes I think the most surprising to me was St. Mary's, right? They yeah. come in, they come in, and they're playing Declo, the seven seed in the opening round. St. Mary's is the two seed, and St. Mary's committed. I'd have to double check on this. It was like 12 or 13 errors in the yeah. field and, and, and Declo still won, but it was like still a close game. Yeah. So you just wonder if they tighten up the defense a little bit and then they had to turn around and play West Jefferson, who also got upset in the first round. Like that's a, that's like a championship or a semifinal matchup and yeah. here. It's a loser out game. And just like that, St. Mary's went all the way to Pocatello to go two and out and then they got to go all the way back home. It's kind yeah. of a bummer, but 
That's a bummer finish for for the Lumberjacks and, and t- a great career by you know Tacey Watkins and what she was able to do. But um, you know, like you just don't get the defense behind you. It doesn't necessarily play into your hand or play into your favor. And you know, there's some magical runs that took place, like you said, at five A with Coeur d'Alene coming through districts to get to the state tournament, thinking that you know they could maybe get a podium finish and just things didn't go the Vikings way down there as well. And, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I think, you know, Moscow had a great run this year too, getting into state and falling short at state as well. So, um, but the, I mean, it doesn't let, don't let it take away from the season that you had, but at the same time you want to get those finishes at state and finish in the top four for sure. Yep. Uh, and remember the, the ultimate stopping point doesn't define the journey. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Great season still from all those teams from the North in softball. All right, let's go to baseball. 1A state tournament where, uh, repeat after me, one, two, three, the North sweeps the South. Well, big <laughs> surprise, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think we called that at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. May not have been the exact order that we saw. I thought we we, we look at Troy, you know, his repeat, the, the chance with the, the lineup to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, that the way that – the North finished. I mean, I just look at that and it was a five team league anyways, but I mean, there was all five of those top five teams could have probably finished in the top four at state. No matter what happened, you only get four bids. Um, but yeah, no, it's great run by Troy in the state championship, winning two in a row, going back to back and then winning, you know, 10 to zero over Colorado Valley in the championship. I mean, that's just adds off to the Trojans in that program. What they're able to do is just impressive. Yep, so Troy repeats as 1A baseball champions, their second baseball title in school history. They both come in the last year. A 10-0 win over Clearwater Valley. The game ends via the 10-run rule. Uh, we released our all-tournament teams on IdahoSports.com. For all of the state baseball tournaments, you can check those out right at the top of the homepage. And for the 1A tournament, this is the tournament I was broadcasting at Churchfield in Lewiston. Um, and, and Will Kingsbury, my partner, and I, we ended up selecting Eli Stoner, uh, the senior from Troy as our tournament MVP. He started on the mound in game one at state and, and got them a win. Then on Saturday, he started the game at first base. Joseph Bendel was really struggling and they, they made the pitching switch halfway through the game and brought in stoner out of the bullpen um, to finish off the game. And he certainly did that. And then he also delivered a two run double to end the game via the 10 run roll in the bottom of the fifth. So I thought that was pretty fitting for Eli yeah. Stoner, our tournament MVP. And I think a worthy, a worthy pick. And, you know, you talk about, you know, a great place for a high school game. I mean, church fields, Lewiston's not, doesn't have a shortage of, of great facilities for baseball down there in the LC Valley. And I think the North Lewiston needs to get a little bit more love um, for, for hosting baseball turns. I think they do a great job down there. Um, as far as you know, the facilities that they have in the LC Valley, and we'll see that be put on display this weekend with the NAIA World Series coming to Lewiston and opening up uh, Friday morning. But um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how things go again next year because I know a lot of these teams have you know s- some pretty heavy weight coming back to these rosters next year. Not to look ahead too much, but you know, you look at the run of what Clearwater Valley did getting in the title game, and then obviously. You know, you look at Prairie getting third and Potlatch finishing fourth. Both those teams, I think, are going to be back and fairly stocked pretty heavy next year as well. So um, White Pine Baseball is in a good position to run the table for for the foreseeable future. Yes, the youth. Troy had five seniors, but really two that were starters. Mm -hmm. Clearwater Valley had two seniors, period, one of which was a starter, and that's the heart and soul of the team, Louis Fabi, right? Uh, Prairie had one senior. 
And Potlatch had, I think, five seniors as well. But a lot of their impact players are underclassmen. So, that yeah, yep. none of these teams, and, and honestly, the teams from the South that were there too were also all very young. There just wasn't a lot of seniors in general this year. And so, um, yeah, I think we could see easily the same cast of characters again next year, trying to run it back, in particular for Troy. Uh, Dom Holden, sophomore on the mound. Uh, yep. Joseph, Joseph Bendel is only a junior. And Makai Durrett, I was really impressed with him. He's the catcher for Troy. He really handles that pitching staff well. And he is only a sophomore. He and Dom have been playing since they were like, you know, elementary school kids. And they yeah. have just come up through the ranks together. That was kind of a cool story. Uh, Troy also, I talked to their assistant coach um, prior to the tournament starting. And he said, you know, we, we won state last year. And as we drove into Lewiston, we got to drive through you know, Kendrick and the field there in Julieta. And I saw about five Tom turkeys just standing out there on the pitcher's mound there in Kendrick. And that was, <laughs> that was, that was kind of the sign, you know, that we were going to win the title. And he said, this year we're driving through there again. And this time I see, you know, two or three Tom turkeys standing there on the pitcher's mound in Kendrick. And so uh, that was the sign uh, that Troy was going to come through and win again. So, yeah, no, and that's a, a, a cool run and a cool, I mean, you, you talk about baseball, I think, in the small school ball in North Idaho, especially in Latok County and Clearwater County. Um, you know, man, it's it's just tough. There's no there's no nights off with, with some of these teams. And, um, you know, a lot of these kids are playing summer ball now, too, which is awesome. I mean, you don't normally see a ton of um, the smaller school kids playing traveling summer ball, but these kids do, and they do it very well. Um, and I, you're seeing the product on the field. I think the more that these these guys are touching the field, it's definitely making a difference. And um, you're able to see things. I think baseball, especially, you're seeing the dominant run coming out of this north, out of the north in the last five, ten years. But um, it's going to continue. I really do put my foot on that because I think that you look at the younger youth levels too. There's just a ton of talent coming up now. Yeah, you mentioned travel ball. So. Uh... Potlatch has a pair of brothers, uh, Waylon and Jay Marshall, and their their mother was operating the scoreboard all throughout the tournament. So I got to talk to her quite a bit. And then Jay and Waylon would come in into the press box and sit when they weren't playing as well. So I got to talk to them quite a bit. They play travel ball with some of those Troy kids like Dom Holden, like yep. Makai Durrett. And uh, uh, Waylon's mom was talking to me uh, in the semifinals where Potlatch fell to Troy and she goes, boy, you know, if Waylon could just get a hit off Dom, that would be like the greatest accomplishment of his life. And as, <laughs> as that, that was that was before the game because Dom Holden finished with 13 strikeouts in that semifinal win for Troy. Uh, and so I'm sharing that story on the air as Waylon's up to bat and I get done telling the story and he uncorks a triple to the deepest part of left field. <laughs> so, you know, life achievement complete for our Waylon Marshall. That's awesome story. That's super great. And you guys did a great job uh, broadcasting that tournament and everybody did statewide. And I mean, there was just some cool stories, you know, throughout the state, um, just not to segue too much, but Scott Burton did that story with the Pocatello player um, that I ended up watching last night. That was, that's an awesome story. If you haven't get a chance to watch that, that is such a neat story about the kid that ends up winning two state championships and two different sports in the same weekend. That's uh that's awesome. That was an awesome story. Yeah, so uh, at the 4A tournament, Brody Birch from Pocatello, he runs track and plays baseball. And not every school lets their athletes do that. So kudos to Pokey High for being cool. Uh, so Brody Birch plays Thursday and Friday at State with Pocatello Baseball, drives over to Boise Friday night, gets up Saturday, wins the 800-meter championship in, in 4A track. 
and then hops on a plane and flies to Twin Falls, gets to the stadium as the game has started, enters the game in the second inning at second base, then comes in on the mound to close out the win. He wins two championships in two different sports in two different cities all in the span of like five hours on Saturday. So yes. So cool, man. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was like, and you know, like I follow like John boy media and stuff like that on, on Instagram and stuff. And it's like, everybody was trying to tag him to get a shout out because that's just such that you don't see that in anywhere in the nation. Like that is just so dang cool. Yeah. Um, and I believe he finished runner up too in the four by four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or, and so, I mean, that you talk about having a weekend. That's a that's a heck of a weekend right there. <laughs> yeah, pretty epic. So, yeah, Scott Burton was our broadcaster at the 4A State Baseball Tournament, and he he went one-on-one with Brody Birch yesterday. It is on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. But as a special little bonus, I will also be putting that interview into the North Idaho PrepCast feed. I know it's Pocatello, and it's not really North Idaho, but this is just a cool It's super cool. It's super share. cool. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a great interview. Yep. So North Idaho PrepCast listeners, that'll be in your podcast feed uh, as well. If you listen audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you uh, download your podcasts. So, um, yeah, so that was the 1A State Baseball Tournament. One last note, Troy did not have a home field all year long. They do have a beautiful field in Troy, but it yeah. hasn't been it hasn't been usable uh, much of the past couple of seasons. It snow was piled up and then it got so waterlogged they couldn't even use it when the snow finally did melt. So all their home games, quote unquote, we're at Clearwater Field in Lewiston. Um, so they're used to making that drive into Lewiston. Um, and they even for practice, they just went out to an asphalt parking lot and spray painted a diamond. And that's <laughs> how they practiced. <laughs> it's like the movie, what is that, The Rookie? <laughs> you know, they had, to, they had the field they had to replant. And yeah, no, it's just a cool story. And you know, it's no excuses. That I think that's the the mantra of that team is that there's no excuses made, and you get results. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and big shout out to to Clearwater Valley playing for their first baseball championship in school history. You know, they come up just short, but that was a really fun team to cover. And we did uh, post game interviews with all of our IdahoSports.com players of the game as well, and they all did a fantastic job. Jack Clark, they they all had highlights. So we had Jack Clark on from Potlatch. He was the winning pitcher on day one, and his curveball just has some really serious bend to it. And we asked him, you know, when you're facing a hitter, you know, what's what's your strategy? Cause you have such good movement on your pitches. And he goes, yeah, I basically aim for their heads and I know it's going to drop down. And be a <laughs> it's one way of doing it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Though. You mean getting a good 12, six on your drop like that. That's not bad. So yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Jack, Jack Clark just aims for their heads. Uh, another highlight. We had Prairie shortstop. Eli Hines on after the third place game and he really just smacked the crap out of the ball. And we asked him, we said, you know, what was your approach at the plate? And he said, yeah, I just wanted to hit the hell out of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, uh, that's definitely, um, yeah, you get some good, some good, uh, you know, audio clips from, from doing these state tournaments. I mean, I remember, I think it was you that had, um, was it Colby Renner? After yeah. he hit the game winner from St. Mary's State, that's still one of the best interviews I've ever heard from a high school player. But yeah, no, you just get some awesome moments with kids, and it's it's super great. I mean, these kids are all they all work insanely hard, and they put in a ton of time. Um, but they're all incredibly humble too. That's the one thing I've I've realized around the area is that you know you get kids that are you know 
division one athletes, but they're still incredibly humble and they still love to have fun and they're kids. And uh, you get to see that, you know, especially come state tournament time. Yeah, it, it was a blast doing all of those uh, post-game interviews for sure. Um, and then one last highlight I wanted to touch on uh, with the the post-game interviews uh, as well. So we had a really good one from Jack Clark. We had a, uh, an excellent one from Eli Hines. And then we had Noah Beeler on from Prairie as well. He came on actually during the – so Prairie won – uh, their their first round game and he pitched on the mound and got nine strikeouts and so then he came on during the final first round game for an inning and talked to us while Clearwater Valley was playing and I said you know what do you think about this potlatch Troy semifinal you, you know you want to preview it for us and like it was like he worked for idahosports.com it was like the <laughs> ultimate promotion he's like oh yeah you know that game you know starts tomorrow afternoon at at uh, three o'clock and, you know, I don't know if we're allowed, but I'm going to see if I can get out of school early to come and watch this one. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty epic. That's awesome. Yeah. No, so, that's super great. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with all the baseball guys and, you know, a big shout out to Alan Hutchins, the athletic director at Clearwater Valley. He was our tournament director as well. And uh, anytime I'm working a state tournament and Alan's running it, I know I'm in good hands. Like, Oh yeah, no, that was a great job and just good people too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun getting, uh, we, you know, we did some shout outs uh, during the broadcast. We had people email me shout outs to, to their favorite players and, you know, tell us where you're watching the game from, you know, for Clearwater Valley, we had people watching in Seattle. We had people watching in New York city, um, and for the Fabby family, uh, you know, there's Louis Fabby, the senior Jake Fabby, the sophomore, they've got a third brother. Who's an eighth grader, Peter Fabby. So he's coming up next year, but yeah. the old, the oldest Fabby boy, Christian Fabby, he actually lives in Italy. And so he was, <laughs> he was watching from Italy and it's like, you know, middle of the night over there. <laughs> in <Italy>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah, that's, and that, that just makes it the the thing so neat. And you, you realize when you start doing the state tournament stuff, and people come up and they're like, "Oh, hey, I've got my my grandmother in Florida watching you right now." And you know, it's like, can we get a shout out or get some love to so and so? And like, you know, you find out people have relatives all over the place, but you don't really realize the reach of of what you do. And it's just about the kids and about sh you know showing their you know experience and their ability and what they're doing and. If you make it about them, it's so much fun, though. Like, that's the, the cool part about we're lucky because we just get to be bystanders to all the fun stuff. Um, but there's we don't see all the hard work and practice and everything day in and day out. But you see the result on the field and, and it makes a huge difference. And you get to see the grandparents, you know, get to watch their grandkids for maybe the first time all year if they're the smaller school because they're not broadcast on NFHS or they're through us or whoever else or they're not running their own, you know, Facebook or YouTube pages. Um, so it's an opportunity that's that's kind of the neat thing about, you know, what we do is that sometimes we offer the first preview of what they've been able to see their their kid, you know, playing live for the first time in a year. Like it's 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 a pretty neat feeling. Yeah. And I will say, you know, Clearwater Valley did a great job all year long of streaming their baseball games. They had a YouTube channel and did a fantastic job. Josh Bradley, the head coach there. Two last notes on Clearwater Valley, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Move but on to Yeah. Yeah. I have I have all this good 1A info because I did the tournament. Um so uh, for Clearwater Valley as well, I finally got to the bottom of why, you know, Louis Fabby is called Louis, right? His given name is Anthony Fabby. And that was on the, all the rosters up until this year when I started going, who the heck's Louis Fabby? Who's no, no, I was like, I, didn't they have an Anthony kid? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I finally got to uh, meet 
uh, Louie's mom, Michelle, in person at state. And, and she told me the story. So basically when, when uh, Anthony was born, uh, dad wanted to call him Louie. And mom <laughs> goes, no, <laughs> I am not naming our son Louie. And so they reached a compromise where his middle name is Louis. So it's Anthony Louis Fabby. Uh, and then you know, I think dad ultimately won because everybody just started calling him Louie anyways. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the self-inflicted nickname, which is awesome. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> <story>. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, uh, the mystery solved behind Louie Fabby and how he got that name. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. So yeah, it was uh, overall a very enjoyable one, a state baseball tournament. And again, congrats to Troy, your champions, Clearwater Valley second place, Prairie takes third, Potlatch finishes fourth. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun to share those stories, show those teams, showcase those athletes. Um, yeah, it was it was a really fun time for sure. That's so, awesome. Yeah. All right. No, let's ta- did a job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's talk 5A state baseball where, uh, you know, we did our state baseball preview show, Ryan, right before <laughs> state. And Lucas Gebhardt, one of our 5A broadcasters, correctly pegged lake city as a dangerous team you say you know i'm looking at this bracket and i see lake city as a sixth seed and like it wouldn't surprise me if they went on a run and got to the finals and that's exactly what the timberwolves did now they came up short against hawaii in the championship game five to two but what a great run for the timberwolves back at state for the first time since they had won it all in 2016 yeah no just a great job and you know obviously a new coaching or new head coach um you know, running that team is Paul Manzardo stepped down, the longtime head coach. They've done an awesome job with that program for decades. Um, but, you know, new coach, same result. I mean, you still get to see uh, Lake City show up and, and offensive firepower was there. I mean, they rolled into that first round win 13 to zero um, as a six seed over a decent Eagle team, too, which. You know, I think a lot of people saw that and they're like, oh, all right. And Lucas was probably sitting there with the smug grin on his face a little bit because he saw it coming. But um, that I think that says a lot, though, about the quality of baseball in North Idaho because Lake City kind of snuck in under the radar, you know, and then they had that like stretch the last week and a half of this regular season to where they dropped a few games and, you know, they still ended up, you know, getting the district title and getting into the state tournament. But, um, I look at that team and that team's only going to get better too. That's the scary part about this group is that um, there's a lot of youth in that lineup, but I mean, you talk about firepower offensively, they showed up and they beat a very good Middleton team um, to get, to find their way into the state championship game. And why he, we know, I mean, they're good. Like, let's be honest, like the defending five, a state champ, um, you know, so to, to lose, you know, to the champ five to two, I think it was a respectable effort, but that was just a, a great effort by the T-Wolves. I think kind of playing with house money going to that tournament, they looked loose from the get-go. I mean, you just watch them play. They were having fun. They were smiling in the field. They were making some great plays, um, and they were just kind of letting it hang at the plate. And, you know, they didn't get tight because I th- want to say, weren't they ahead like five to two over Middleton at one point? Middleton mounted a comeback late yeah. in that game, and they didn't, you know, get too tight and they didn't choke that one away. They ended up buckling down and getting the final three outs and getting out of that one with a win. But um, yeah, hats off to the T-Wolves. I think that was a great season. I, I want to say it exceeded expectations, but I, I mean, it's, you know, it, everybody wants to win state going into the season, obviously. Um, but we didn't know what they had until they finally got there. And uh, they, they showed, you know, their top two team in the state in my mind at 5A. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so they beat Middleton 5-4 to four in the semis, and in the process, they become the first non-District 3 team to get to the championship since 2018. So they yeah. broke a little you know, run of dominance there from District 3. Um, and then in the championship game, and this is why baseball is such a great sport, Ryan. Uh, in the championship, Hawaii saves their best pitcher for last. His name's Ryder Cutlip. He's a junior. He's already committed to Gonzaga. So North yep. Idaho fans, you know, get used to hearing the name Ryder Cutlip. Um, yep. he, he starts on the mound and doesn't have it. He walks two batters. He hits a third. He gives up an RBI single, and he leaves after recording only one out a run already in for Lake city and the bases are loaded. This is the yeah. first inning and it, and Lake city's like, Oh man, we can blow this game open. We have chased their ACE off the mound. Uh, why he brings in this sophomore who started the year on the JV team, got the midseason <laughs> call up and this kid throws three and a third scoreless innings. Flat spins it, man. Yeah. yeah. No, was, I mean, you, why he earned their title? Let's not get mistaken there. Why he earned that? I mean, coming in with that type of um, arm off out of the pen—that's just you don't see that every day. I mean, that's just a masterful performance from a youngster. <laughs> they just, you know, you kind of at the end of the game. I think the Lake City kids too—you could kind of see it, a little tip of the cap there because I mean that kid freaking brought it, and um, why he punched obviously their ticket and got their state championship, and that you know hats off to them, but. Um, no, I mean, Lake City had their chances in that game. Absolutely, they did. Um, I know that they probably wanted a little bit more run production, especially when you get into a situation like that. But, um, no, it was just a, a great title game and a great finish for the T-Wolves on an awesome season. Um, and I look at next year, I definitely think they're going to be in the conversation for sure um, as far as, you know, the top three, four programs in the state. They're, they're going to be in that in that talk for sure. Yeah, so that was a good run for Lake City. Uh, I did want to give one more shout out to the Orofino baseball team. You know, they get to the 2A tournament. They win their first round game. They get to the semifinals and lose a very tight game to Napa Christian. I believe it was in. That should have been the title game. That thing was, I I don't want everyone to say brackets seated incorrectly. But, man, that's a tough draw in a semifinal. That's a really (laughs) tough draw. But go ahead. It's ironic because that was the only tournament this year that used the old system of predetermining the brackets where, oh, you were 2A, you go here. And one, you know, you were 5, 6A, you go here. Uh, no yeah. max preps were used. It was all predetermined. So that top half of the bracket was absolutely low. Oh, it, was, it was brutal. Yeah. yeah. And so for Orofino to fall the Nampa Christian 2 nothing in the semis. Um, and if, if they had gotten that past that game, you know, who knows? You know, Malad ended up winning the championship from that bottom half of the bracket. So... But but I agree. Um, it was a tough path for the Maniacs and a great season for them. Ultimately, you know, fell just short. But yep. great job. But no, a great season nonetheless. But yeah, that 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 tournament just uh, seeding matters. It does. It really does matter a lot. I mean, but you look at you know Lake City was the sixth seed and they ended up going to the state championship. So I mean. Well, and I guess part of it too was, you know, Napa Christian was the second place team from District Three. It wasn't like they were supposed to be there, but Marcine beat them in the district championship game, which kind of foobarred the bracket a little bit as well. But you yeah, know, what what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, Got to win uh, the games in front of you. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go to track and field. Let's start on the girls' side. We seem to have more individual champions on the girls' side. No team champions in in either boys or girls track and field. Um, we thought maybe Logos was the best team to compete. 
Uh, they ended up falling a little bit short, but we had a lot of good individual performances. Starting at the 5A meet, where Anna Peters from Post Falls wins the 3,200, and Zoe Kessinger of Lewiston ends up winning the discus. Congratulations. Yeah, no, both great efforts by both of them. I mean, Zoe, she uh, she works staying hard and uh, a great athlete, too, for the Bengals. But, you know, getting that dish, this title, I think it's quite a bit. We kind of knew that Anna was going to win that 3,200. I think that was kind of foregone conclusion that was going to take place. But Zoe winning the discus, I mean, that's pretty darn impressive. So, And the, winning a state championship anyways is impressive. But great job by both those those gals. Yeah, because she had good competition from Ruby Jordan from Highland and uh, Romberg mm-hmm. from Bora. Um, both came in with pretty good throws in the disc. And so nice job, Zoe Kessinger. 4A meet on the girls' side. Uh, Ivy Smith of Sandpoint wins the shot put. And uh, it's Zaya Munyer from Lakeland winning the triple jump. Yeah. No, and, and, you know, you look at both those teams and, I mean, that's uh, there's some pedigree there too with Munier. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with that last name, but Emin, there's, Emin been, there's been a few of them that have come through Lakeland High School that have definitely uh, made their presence known as on the athletic prowess. So, yeah, Zaya winning the the triple jump that's a great job, and Ivy winning the shot put for the Bulldogs. Uh, hats off. There's a like we said, we're kind of doing champions only. There's there was a number of placers from North Idaho. If you want to go look at the results, I think we'll probably talk about them next week or in weeks to come, but. Um, yeah, track, I think gets overlooked a little bit, um, just based on the success, what took place, but no, not a bad showing by either one of those for sure. State champions. Awesome job. Yep. And you can, yeah, you can go to athletic.net and they'll have all the state results there at athletic.net. Um, yeah. Ammon Munyer and Abe Munyer, they were brothers on that Lakeland basketball team that was really good a couple of years ago. So yeah, the Munyer name in Lakeland. Ammon playing football at Weber state. Yes, uh, big time, big time prospect. Uh, okay, class 3A, Asia Abubakari sweeps <clears throat> the shot put and the discus. Uh, and, and that was a repeat for, for both those events. She came in as the defending yep. champ, and uh, the Bonners Ferry Badger wins both throws again. And the Bonners Ferry Badger team, I mean, was pretty dominant in the throws. So, I mean, it wasn't just, I mean, she won her state championships. Don't get us wrong. You know, there's, there's a a couple other girls that finished on the podium from Bonners Ferry in the throws as well. So um, Bonners Ferry in the field events, definitely making their, their main out, but Asia, great job. I mean, like, you know, go repeat at any, any level is just impressive. And she's a a very, very impressive athlete too. We had another double winner in the uh, 16 and 3,200 meter runs. The distance races swept by Coeur d'Alene Charters, McKenna Kozala, and she won the 3A cross country championship earlier this fall as well. So that is, you know, she, if there was a distance race in 3A, she, she owns it. <laughs> yeah. And then Annabelle Carr went in the 800 um, for Coeur d'Alene Charter. And then I believe their girls team finished fourth as a team yeah. um, at state, which is impressive. So you know, getting the points there to, to get a podium finish for the team, but also getting the top of the podium finishes and your individuals just dominating the distance races. Um, Quarterline Charter did. So, I mean, that program has been historically just phenomenal when it comes to distance running and soccer. You know, it's kind of what they do. So it's kind of yes. like the only thing they do. But yeah, uh, they, 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 uh, they, they, they do uh, tennis as well. Yeah, they, and they showed up at tennis as well. We'll talk about that as well. So, yes. yeah. Yes, we will. 2A, Lindy Kessinger from Orofino repeats as the 2A discus champion, 140 feet, 6 inches. That is further than 
Aisha Abubakari's throw at the 3A level, and it is further than Zoe Kessinger's throw at the 5A level. So I want to say that was the top throw in the state for yeah. girls this weekend. Yeah. Pretty impressive from Lindy Kessinger of Borofino. Uh, and then at the 1A level, uh, one of our favorites, Caden Speck from Highland. Uh, she won the 400 in a time of 57-48. And Sage Elvin of Prairie won the discus at 129 feet, 3 inches. And the Prairie girls finished second as a team. So that was an impressive finish there for the 1A. You know, we talked about Logos being the, the maybe the dark horse to win the, that championship. Prairie comes up and gets number two on the podium, which was a very impressive finish for the Pirates. And, um, you know, they had some great showings from from their team. And um, Caden Speck winning, the, obviously, the title in the 400 was was an awesome job. And I think she was runner-up or third in the 100 and runner-up in the 200. So, I mean, she, she had herself a weekend, let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, from the wrestling circuit, you know, Skylar Beck is – or, uh, excuse me, Caden uh, Speck is a great uh, wrestler and um, – the Fabby boys from Clearwater Valley, Louie and, and Jake are excellent wrestlers as well. And they know it. They know those families know each other pretty well oh, yeah. and are pretty tight through wrestling. And so, you know, as we were getting shout outs during the championship game in that one, a baseball tournament, uh, Cadence's sister, Skylar Beck sent in a shout out. And she goes, Hey, we're all at state track and we are watching the Clearwater Valley baseball team. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. And that happens with the small, I mean, it happens a lot of towns, but the small towns, especially, you know, that there's just so much, you know, I don't want to say there's a lot of families. I mean, especially you get up on the prairie there, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are related or they've been lifelong friends and parents are friends and they become family and everything else too. So it's a, uh, yeah, it, it's just a neat deal. Uh, Idaho and Southern Idaho is that way too, a lot as well. But I think that, you know, the towns support each other too, which is really neat. Yeah. And uh, kind of a cool, just stat to encapsulate, uh, girls track and field every classification had a girls champion in at least one of the throwing events 5a yep. all the way down to 1a there are 10 championships basically between shot put discus 5a through 1a north idaho took six of them six of the That's, 10 so it's impressive good yeah. work ladies it's nice work yeah very well done <laughs> all right uh on the boys side uh class 5a we had Trevor Cogley of Lake City win the 400, 48-36, which is cooking. Uh, yeah, he's a, that's book. He's the Boise State commit, too. So, yeah. you know, what he showed up on the football field, he does even better on the track. So, yes. Trevor went in. That's booking at 48-36. That is a smoking time in the 400. Yeah, another Trevor. Trevor Miller from Post Falls won the shot put, 57 feet, three and a quarter inches, which is huge because this kid from Centennial, Kai Twaddle Dunham, was kind of the favorite going in. And yeah. so for – Trevor Miller to win that. Awesome. And that says a lot about Trevor. I mean, you look at him as an athlete, that kid is a freak. He's the, you know, he was first team all state in football. He was a state champion in wrestling. And now he's a state champion in shot put. Um, that's you talk about having a senior year, like that, that's an amazing job by Trevor. And then what is, you know, capping off a career to go play football at the university of Idaho. Um, but he's just a great kid too. And, uh, or young man, I should say, cause he's, probably bigger than i am <laughs> but yeah he's a he's a big dude and uh just a phenomenal athlete and you know somebody else that we looked at too matthias mclean had you know had himself kind of a similar finish to his career as well and and at the priest river at the smaller school level but um you know a couple guys that just really really work hard and, and uh trevor getting that state championship in the disc is or shot put sorry we'll talk about the discus in a second but yeah trevor winning winning shot is an impressive feat 
Yeah, both Miller and McLean moving on to U of I to play football. You know, I saw a very early kind of FCS preseason top 25 uh, this week. Montana State was third. Idaho was seventh. And Montana, mm-hmm. my beloved Montana Grizzlies, were behind the Vandals at number 10. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that big sky is going to be crazy this year. That's going to be a very competitive conference for sure. And then there's I- Idaho State, which we won't talk about. <clears throat> Not, even <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Um, you know, I'm not- I'm not going to be living there much longer, so I'll be able to speak freely about. You're in Montana right now, anyways. What are they going to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a safe space, right? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, yes, uh, discus won by. I believe this is another U of I football yep. recruit as well. Actually, James White from Lewiston, yep. 170 feet eight inches. That's a good throw. That's a nice toss there by James White. That's. I mean, and not to compare, but like you know, boys to girls, like that just speaks about what uh, Lindy Kessinger threw going 146 inches. Like she's beating some of the dudes that, you know, normally finish in the league, like in in every, you know, Thursday afternoon track meet. Um, She's beating a lot of those guys, but James White going 178. That's a heck of a toss and a great job for the U of I football commit. Um, You know, he's, he's a great athlete as well. And he's going to do big things at the next level, but a nice, uh, nice little feather in the cap, uh, for that high school career. Yeah. To be a good discus thrower, you need that wingspan and white at six, five certainly has that. And, uh, yeah, you were talking about, you know, girls disc versus boys disc, you know, the girls disc is a little smaller circumference sure. isn't as big. It weighs a little bit less, but, uh, still very impressive. Still impressive. Yes. Yeah, still impressive. Sure. All right, let's go to the 1A meet where we had a double winner from Brady Cox of Camei. We've talked about him a couple times throughout the season. He won the 110 hurdles, which we knew coming in, right? 1577. Yep. The one that kind of surprised me was he won the high jump at 62, which, you know, that's a loaded field with Matthews from Rockland and the the Rivas kid from Meadows Valley. They both had cleared, you know, 62 earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and, and so for, for, Brady Cox to win the high jump to me was a pleasant surprise. Maybe not to yeah. him or Camei fans, but to me as an outsider. No, I think that's, I mean, going, you know, getting two on the podium, you know, the top of the podium is impressive no matter where you're at. Um, and then also, I believe he had podium finishes in his other two events as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, he had he had a heck of a, of a state meet. I mean, I think he carried that Camei team basically with most of their points um, to a top five finish. So, you know, Brady Cox had a great weekend uh, for the Cubs. Um, we're getting state championships in both those events and um, just a, a great showing. And, and a couple other things that were of note on the boys' side, you know, we would have been talking about Rusty Lee in the 300 hurdles. Um, he finished second, obviously. Finished, he lost by two one hundredths of a second in that, that 300 hurdle final, which is just, I know, heartbreaking for him because he was hoping to get that state championship. And, um, you know, just to be that close was just crazy. And then obviously the bright spot, I think Timberlake, they finished runner up in, in boys track, which is they had. I mean, if you go look at athletic.net, look through those results, they had a heck of a meet and, and they showed up very well in every event. No, not necessarily getting any individual state champions. Obviously, we know that. But like, I mean, they were in the podiums in, in almost every event, it seemed. And so Timberlake had a great. Uh, weekend as well down there at state track 
Yeah, you talked about Rusty Lee. The guy he had been dueling all year was Augustus Haynes from Ridgeview. And yeah. remember, uh, Haynes kind of had the best times in the hurdles for, for the first half of the season. And then Sandpoint went to that meet in Washington. Yeah. Um, the big the pass there. invite. Yeah. Yes. And and Ridgeview went up to that as well. And they actually dueled uh, Haynes and Lee mano a mano and Lee beat him yeah. and set set the new best time. So I guess Haynes got the last laugh in a roundabout way at state. But man, just watching those two compete from afar, but also together a couple of times this year was really fun to watch. Yeah, no. And a great career for Rusty. And, um, you know, what he's been able to do on the, on the track is, you know, he's a great athlete and, and, a, and a good kid, too. And um, you know, to be that close. I mean, that's, that's so tight. I mean, you talk about two one hundredths of a second. You, I mean, that's like blinking. <laughs> that's the fin. That's the difference in the finish. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, congrats to all of our track and field placers, champions and teams as well. And again, yeah. athletic.net will have all of all of the placers and everything. And if you want to know what happened around the state in terms of champions and big picture, Marlo Herford wrote a great recap of state track and field. It's on the homepage at idahosports.com. All right, let's move to golf where, Hey, we knew coming in like Bonner's fairy girls. They're, they're kind of the team to beat here at this thing. Uh, they win the title. It was at the Blackfoot golf course. They had to come all the way down to Blackfoot. Um, they shoot uh, a nine over 153 to win the title. They also have the individual champion in uh, Braylon Bayer. Excuse me, Braylon Bayer shot a nine over 153, her two day total. Yes. Um, and so she ends up winning uh, the individual title after finishing second last year. Good redemption for Bayer. Yeah. And then you get Avery, fin- Avery Bayer finishing third with a 162, and then Maya Blackmore um, finishing 10th. You know, to get that, you know, state title that's the the second one in the last three years for bonners ferry it's an awesome job and a heck of a year for the badgers i mean athletically you talk about i mean i know their baseball team has a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth after what happened with that series with timberlake but overall the badgers i mean good grief that was an awesome awesome school year of athletics with that program those programs and they've done an amazing job so um you know hats off to all our good friends up in Bonners Ferry, so we don't get an email. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, we've got a letter from Christian Weiner in Bonners Ferry, and he writes, <laughs> "No, he'll just send us a text message." But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, okay, so uh, it seems like as Braylon Bayer goes, so do the Badgers. 2021, yep. Bayer wins the individual title. Bonners Ferry wins the team title. Last year, Bayer takes second. Bonners Ferry takes second. This year, Bayer wins. Bonners Ferry wins. It, of course, it's not as simple as that, but it's kind of a uh, correlation there between the two. So congrats to Bonners Ferry on the girls' yep. side. And then on the boys' side, we have the individual champ at the 2A meet um, at the uh, Sage Lakes Golf Course in Idaho Falls. Kellogg Jr. Stephen Paul shot an eight under 62 on the first round Monday. Then on Tuesday, the second day, shot an even par 70. Uh, he won by 10 strokes, which is which is pretty huge. Yeah, no, the field wasn't even close in that one. So hats off to, to Stephen and the championship there. Um, you know, and then getting the you know, his second title winning by 10 strokes. And then Paul also won his freshman year in 2021. He won the title at twin lakes uh, when the state tournament was up here. 
Um, you know, Kellogg was tied with Sun Valley Community School for fourth after the first round and then lost the tiebreaker and started with the early group on Tuesday um, at state. And so what happened was that Kellogg ended up tied with Genesis Prep and tied with Sun Valley Community School for third at 658 strokes, which pushed the three teams into a playoff to determine third, fourth, and fifth place um, at state. And all five players from each team all play the par five, tenth hole, and then each team counting its last four or five scores. And then they had a sack race. Um, I'm throwing that last part in. Um, <laughs> to decide it. But Kellogg ended up winning the playoff, getting third as a team by three strokes. Genesis Prep finished second in that playoff. So they ended up fourth, which was a great job. I talked to you at the beginning of the year saying, watch out for Genesis prep. They may be pretty good and get a podium finish. Um, and they did. And then Sun Valley community school ended up finishing fifth. So an awesome job. And, um, Stephen Paul getting the individual title Kellogg finishing third and then Genesis prep getting fourth. I mean, that's nice showing there from the North at state golf. Yeah. And, uh, the quarter press had a very nice recap of all of that crazy tiebreaker stuff that that happened so uh yeah congrats there uh all right let's wrap up with tennis this is the sport that uh you know so well ryan you coached it for several years <laughs> yeah so well is an overstatement i mean i will defer to our friend sean kane on that one but uh yeah i know tennis dylan gomez of lewiston taking second boys um you know down there in 5a ranks losing the eagle shane garner um, he dropped the first set four six, but ended up coming back and winning six four, and then the tiebreaker fourteen twelve in the final. Um, sorry, losing. Sorry, yeah, yeah, So he, he won the first set six four, drops the second set six four, um, and then loses in the tiebreak fourteen twelve, and so which sucks because I don't know if you never watch a tennis tiebreak. It's counting points, and uh, yeah, it. That that's a marathon tiebreak there to lose 14, 12, because you have to yeah. win by two. Um, that thing was teetering on the edge of just going on forever. Um, and then so Lewiston, though, as a team, also finished fourth, which is a great job for the Bengals. But you know, you obviously want that state title with Dylan Gomez finishing as the runner-up at 5A. And boys is impressive. That's a nice finish there. Yeah, I mean Gomez was this close, but it was yep. the match that never ends. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Marathon, man. That's yeah. an understatement. A 14-12 tiebreak is a that's a long match. So that's a that's a lamb chop reference for anybody that didn't <laughs> didn't get that. That's uh, I watched that on PBS as a kid. All yeah. right. Uh class three A tennis. We had uh Tate Burkholder and Owen Sharp from Coeur Charter take third in boys doubles. 6-3, win over a duo from Weezer. Way to go there. Yep. That's an awesome job by Cordelaine Charter. And I think they ended up finishing fifth as a team. So a great showing for for them at, at state. And, uh, you know, any any podium finish in tennis is impressive at whatever classification you're at. Some, there's a lot of good players in the state um, and well-coached kids, too. And Sean Kane will attest to that, too. Winning, winning a state championship in tennis is just dang hard. Um, and uh, to to get that third place finish is impressive to finish with the W at the end. Yeah, and secretly, you know, Sean Kane, one of our uh, broadcasters, he lives in Pocatello. He's the tennis coach at Century High School. He's my co-host on the East Idaho Prepcast. Very secretly, he doesn't like to brag about this a lot, but he's second all time in tennis championships in Idaho history, only yep. behind the Bishop Kelly coach, and he's you know I think two or three behind him. He's won like ten tennis yeah. championships so he doesn't like yeah. to talk about it much but just uh, ho-hum you know very good <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Uh, well, the sure. other one too, I think something got lost, and it's just because we don't talk a ton of tennis, so I'll mention it. But uh, Brady Hannah um, and Andrews from Lakeland ended up losing in the consolation final in 4A boys tennis uh, in doubles, which still an impressive showing at state Lakeland, you know, finishing, I believe it was fifth as a team. Um, you know, so the Hawks got a good showing down, down South this week and for it is relatively, that's a tough, tough division to win. Um, so to, to, to get it, you know, some sort of, you know, positive note at state to finish that way is impressive. And then the Sandpoint girls finished fourth at four, a as well. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we'll talk about the, the other one. I'll let you go ahead and let you take the wheel. <laughs> Hey, it's all good. I thought you were going to dive right into it. That would have been fine. Um, Yeah, no, at at the 3A girls tennis meet, uh, we did have Caitlin Combs from Quarterly Charter. Also, she took second, falling to Declos Jordan Hicks, 6-1-6-1. So nice job for Caitlin Combs to come up in second place. Yeah, and a fourth place team finish for Quarterly Charter. So, um, you know, that kind of concludes our our year in sports for high school athletics in North Idaho. Yes, it is the end of the 22-23 school year. It is the end of the 22-23 season. Season two of the North Idaho PrepCast. We did 34 episodes this season. Yeah, and I didn't miss any for COVID. (laughs) Yeah, hey, way to go. We we both stayed COVID-free this year. That's right, yeah. (laughs) No, it was, I you know, looking back, it's all the stuff that we do. And um, no, this was a fun year. I mean, really, I... The, the storylines that kind of like ebbed and flowed. And as we saw, you know, with football, with post falls coming, you know, out of nowhere relatively to win the, the IEL 5A for the first time ever. Um, then you go into like, you know, basketball season with we saw multiple state titles being won out of the north and, um, you know, just wrestling the dominance that happened there. And I just look at, you know, North Idaho. I mean, we're in good position for years to come. Um, you know, if, and then we could have sports next year in Coeur d'Alene because the levy passed last week. So I know that people are looking forward to that as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's you know, we kind of set the table for next year. And I know that we'll have a couple prep cast special editions. I think we'll talk about the reclassification stuff this summer and, you know, bring in some some of the, I think, rock star people that we have in our area as far as athletics go. Um, especially the coaches. I, I would love to get Will Love on if he'll if he'll have us. Um, he's just a good dude. Um, but yeah, this is an awesome season. And hats off to all the state champions out there. I mean, there's that's you know the, any state championship is worth of note. And um, man, we had a bunch of them this year from North Idaho and District One and District Two. And um, yeah, what a, what a year it was. What I love about North Idaho and a reason why I'm excited that I'm moving up there, which you know contingent offer on our house. So hopefully that. There we go. We want to be doing these in person, man. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, we're almost there. Uh, but the, <laughs> what I what I love about North Idaho is, and and I get this from the other areas of the state as well, but not as much from the north is really the buy-in from the communities. I hear back from so many people from Bonners Ferry and St. Mary's and Lake City and Clearwater Valley and Troy and Prairie. And I mean, the community buy-in is so strong up north. And and yeah. like I said, it is in other places too, but I, it's really evident to me from the north. That's where I get the most correspondence from fans is, is from the north. And so again, my email is Brandon. At IdahoSports.com, if there's ever a player, team, story you want us to cover, we are glad to do it. Just send the info to me, Brandon, 
at IdahoSports.com. But you're right, Skaggs. We are entering the off season. We're not going to be here every week because we want to enjoy our summer vacation as well. I know. I'm planning you, a wedding, so yeah, leave me alone a little bit. You've got you've got a, <laughs> a you're planning a wedding, and you've got a young one who's going to be on summer break. I know you guys are going to go have all sorts of fun adventures together. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we will we will appear periodically. I think what we want to do is a couple of big roundtable discussions where we bring on Ryan and Sean Kane, our East Idaho prep cast host and Scott Burton from the magic Valley and Logan green from the treasure Valley and bring on all these voices from around the state to really tackle some of the big issues, kind of state I'm, of state of the union type stuff. I'm here for it. It's like a, a, around the horn. You're going to give yeah. us points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely could. Um, and, and we want, <laughs> yes. So, so stay tuned for that. More details will be coming and we'll probably do these live so we can have fan interaction. That, that'd be awesome, um, man. That's, well. that's awesome. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I do want to give, just cause I live in North Idaho, but like the kudos to the fan bases up here and um, the families and of, of kids and everything's like, thank I want to say thank you first off, because um you just make it i'm i'm lucky man i'm i just get to go be a geek for high school athletics and um i have a day job and everything else but you know like this is just something i do for fun and um but you make it worth it like i show up and and you know you almost roll out the red carpet for me i go back to like bonner's ferry for that playoff game was one of the coolest high school experiences and i went to a 3a washington high school growing up and um you know like that was one of the cooler things that I've, I've seen. And um, just, you know, you go to like basketball and doing a game down at Lapway last year or this last year. And, you know, like all of these things and experiences that we get to do on a, any given night, it's just, we're so dang lucky. And thanks for like loaning your school or loaning your kids um, for us to be able to broadcast and talk about them and everything else is, is just super neat. And uh, we're incredibly blessed. I just, I really have to say that like, we're super lucky to do this. Yeah, personally as well, you know, during football season, I know Paul Kingsbury went to Clark Fork for the first time. Uh, IdahoSports.com was at Clark Fork for a playoff yeah. game or, or for any game, period. And they rolled out the red carpet for him. And I got the same treatment. You know, I went to Mullen for a for a playoff game uh, with yeah. Mullen St. Regis, and I just had a blast. Um, so, yeah, that's really North Idaho communities are so accommodating and welcoming to us. And we love it. So, yeah. Thank you. Looking forward um, to next year, man. I am I'm absolutely just stoked for next year and doing this over again. Yeah, for sure. So obviously we went a little long today, but we had so much stuff to talk about. And yeah. this is kind of the, well, we didn't the, do an episode the last two weeks, so I think it kind of makes sense. Yes. Uh it's it's good to have you back in the in the fold here, Ryan. And we will be we will be popping on your radar periodically throughout the offseason. The, the most surefire way to make sure you don't miss any of our off-season content is to just subscribe. Subscribe on our YouTube channel uh, or subscribe to you, uh, whatever podcast app you're using. Um, and then whenever we publish a new episode, it's right there for you. You don't even have to do anything. So uh, subscribe uh, and, yeah, you'll get all the info there. But for the last time in the 22-23 scholastic year, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.